0: and good morning church good morning it's good to see all of you here and perhaps there's one or two here this morning who are here for the first time since we've met in person i open with a prayer from richard rohr pastor spiritual director from new mexico pray with me if you will loving god you fill all things with a fullness and hope that we can never comprehend. We pray that you will take away our natural temptation for cynicism, denial, fear, and despair. Help us, Lord, to have the courage to awaken to greater truth, greater humility, and greater care for one another. And may we place our hope in what matters and what lasts, trusting in your eternal presence and love. Amen. A cat has nine lives. Did you know that? A chain is only as strong as its weakest link. The pen is mightier than the sword. And when in Rome, do as the Romans do. And one from the Lancaster paper on Friday from a Russian proverb, a kind word is like a spring day. And one from my home, as I was told, if you keep your eyes crossed, they'll stay that way. How do we regard these proverbs, these little quips? 100% accurate, true all the time? Like laws to be obeyed or broken? I hope we can agree that that is not their intent. And so if not, then what? As someone has written, and this speaks well to me, they are distilled bits of wisdom and advice distilled bits of wisdom and advice. So with that in mind, we turn to the Bible Proverbs. And like other Proverbs, they are observations of wisdom for a given time or moment. And some seem downright contradictory. For example, in Proverbs 26, verse 4, do not answer Foolish people according to their folly, or you yourself will become just like them. Makes sense, doesn't it? The very next verse, listen to this. Answer a foolish person according to their folly, or otherwise they will be wise in their own eyes. Well, should we or shouldn't we? We apply each one according to the situation, and that's what often makes up a proverb, as opposed to a Ten Commandment, or as opposed to one of Paul's arguments in his letters. John W. Miller, in the Believer's Church Commentary, notes that Bible wisdom literature, the Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon, and some phrases in the New Testament, including the letter of James, notes that, This literature is all about wisdom and trusting God, the wisdom of trusting God. And the focus is on stating a recognized truth of God or a lesson in a kind of a picturesque way. Wisdom then is acknowledging facts or factual knowledge and then knowing how to use it. In Proverbs, the primary attribute of God is is Sophia or. Wisdom. In 319, by wisdom, God created the universe. And the aim of these Proverbs, again, is faith in God with a pursuit of what is wise. In today's Proverbs that Nancy read, we are looking at the role of Proverbs in terms of receiving and releasing justice. I've never before Quite thought a whole lot about the relationship of wisdom and justice, but these passages have taken me there. So, beginning with the proverb verses, began with twenty two one and ends in twenty two twenty two. We first read about the value of a good name, in other words, one's reputation, which we all value and wish to have. It ends with the line: "Do not explore." the poor at the gates of the city. So to the latter point, the gates of the city, whether it's Jerusalem or another city in, in Palestine is the place where all kinds of trade, legal judgments, business negotiations and transactions are both received and released at these city gates. You might recall Boaz going to the city gate to Negotiate the first of kin rights with Ruth. And the one who had the first of kin rights agreed with Boaz that he could be the first of kin. I think there was a shoe involved to to seal the transaction. Of course, we know that Boaz wanted to marry Ruth, and this negotiation resulted in that possibility. And the rest of the story is that Boaz and Ruth indeed did marry. And three generations was born King David. To the first point, to be well-regarded and trusted in a community culture, which this culture of these people in those days, this was a culture of honor and shame. Honor and shame. And exploiting the poor... Exploiting the poor is not only unjust at the city gates, it is unwise. If you think about it, if one has a good name or a good reputation, it would make sense, it would seem that people would want to do business with you. And the opposite would also be true. It is not only the right thing to do to receive and release justice, It is the wise things to do for one's business, for one's reputation, and for the sake of the poor. As we heard in the children's time, who have this in common, the Lord is the maker of them all. So just as in ancient Hebrew culture, the relationship of wisdom and justice is not always recognized or practiced today. I mean, we know that in the midst of the justice that we hear about, we know that injustice abounds, doesn't it? And one of the things that flies in the face a lot of times is the percentage often given, something like this, that 99% of the wealth in the world is controlled by 1% of the people in the world or something like that. Our son, Andrew, sometimes likes to make a point to those with whom he disagrees about certain things, of politics or economics, he would say, are we not better off as a nation, as a world, when the economically low people have the opportunity to improve their lot? They just need a more level playing field of opportunity. That kind of justice not only meets needs of people. It helps to improve their lives. It broadens the scope of goods and services, which helps to drive the economy when more people are able to participate in buying and selling and investing. And so I'm coming out with this, that justice is not only the right aim for ourselves and for the world, it is the wise thing to do. More locally, York Central High School is curtailing curriculum by banning certain teaching materials, articles, websites, according to an op-ed in yesterday's paper. And everything that's banned is from a black voice. When certain voices are banned, we all lose. We lose relationship, and we lose the rainbow of voices that make up America and make up the richness of America, for the Lord God has made us all. So again, justice is not only the right thing to do, it is the wise thing to do. So let's make no mistake about the text read today, Proverbs and James. Wisdom speaks her mind clearly about justice, about what is right, and shares best practices as God's wisdom. In James, the writer picks up this theme but goes on to connect the problem of favoritism. I love the pillow and the blanket thing. I really I I caught on to that very well with the text. Yeah, I'd like to sit on that nice pillow, and the tendency James is putting out, we we tend to do that to the good-looking person with wealth or whatever. Come sit here, but we don't invite the person who is more unattractive to sit there. So James picks up on this. Favoritism thing. And he says, he reminds people that the ultimate wisdom from Jesus is love your neighbor as yourself. How we treat others based on our perception of wealth is not only unjust, it is not wise. It directly thumbs and nose toward the wisdom of Jesus. Love your neighbor as yourself. And when our neighbor is seen as equal value as, ones, as ourselves, it opens up a vast, vast network of personal, business, community, and church relationships. It builds trust and allows us to receive from others and helps us to release the prejudices within us. Barbara Holmes writes, and I quote, The true and essential work of faith is to help us recognize the divine image in everyone and everything. It is to mirror things correctly, deeply, and fully until all things know who they are. And when Christ calls himself the light of the world, he is not telling us to look just at him, but to look out at life with his merciful eyes. We see him so we can see like him. And if we believe that we are loved just as we are, just as we are, not as that we think we should be, and that everything else is equally loved, we unveil a cosmic reality that is life-giving and a Christ-like reality that affirms the goodness of all creation, end of quote. So whether it's a certain gruff red rose transit authority bus driver or people who resist masks and COVID vaccines, or my fellow bus riders who are a wide variety of people, people of East Chesson Street Mennonite Church, people in our community and neighborhood and other places, whether they are easy to love or sometimes difficult, we receive all of them, don't we? Because they come in our contact, and we release them to God with compassion as part of God's creation. When I was serving Community Mennonite Church in Milton, Pennsylvania, one older gentleman had a hobby of homing pigeons. And he would spend hours training them with a a long string to help them learn to come back. I don't know all the steps in the training, but they received a lot of training. And then when he saw fit, he would drive 20, 30 miles away and release them and drive back home. And sure enough, within, I'm not sure how much time, hours probably, they came home. But they could never do that unless they were released. And so it is with us. God calls us to release those things that we want to hold on to, that are matters of justice and injustice so we do receive things from others and we have many occasions to do to do so in terms of releasing justice and injustice and doing this what is right i hope that we do this not because we have to but because it is god's sophia wisdom for us to relate to each other in this way it's the love we have for each other and so once again justice for all of god's people is more than the right thing to do. It is the wise thing to do in God's sight and in our sight as we live with faith and do good works. Amen.